This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Amen. Well, we had a great time this past week, and uh, I know that I'm sure we'll all be kind of uh, reliving that and thinking about it for the next few days. And I got to say, I mean, I, it was so cool to see everybody representing the, the church down there with our T-shirts that night. That was, that was really cool. I was just proud to be a part of it, proud to be a part of this great family that we have here in Barstow. And I've been telling everybody, man, I've been gone for three weeks, somewhere, everywhere the last three weeks. I am glad to be in Barstow. I miss, miss my home. And Barstow is my favorite place on earth. So anyway, um, we got a we got a message for you tonight. And what I want to do is if I can have about two hours of your time, I've got an expository teaching from the book of Revelation that I've discovered who the beast is. And I just want to go ahead. Hey, no, I'm kidding. All right. You got you. Can can we do this? No, I'm kidding. Um, But what I do want to talk about tonight for a few minutes is this is about the pursuit of joy, the pursuit of joy, because. Listen, we talked about love last week, and, and, and I just, I kind of want to look at some of these basics of Christianity here, some of the fruit of the Spirit. And in America, we're told that everybody has the, the you know, the right to, to the, the pursuit of happiness. In fact, uh, what is it, the Declaration of Independence clearly states, we hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights. That among these are life liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And I think it's great to pursue those things, and I'm all a thousand percent for that. But I have found out that instead of pursuing happiness, when I pursue God, He gives me something better than happiness. He gives me joy. And so a lot of these things, I mean, people are chasing after. They just want to be happy. Of course, everybody wants to be happy. I want to be happy. You want to be happy. But I have learned that joy and happiness are not the same thing. And, you know, we've discussed this in here before. But for some of you, maybe you haven't heard this, that joy and happiness are not the same thing. And in fact, if I ask the average person, what's joy? Well, it means you're really happy. Well, uh, you're on the, this, that direction. I get that. But there are some major differences between joy and happiness. And as I said, I have found that when I pursue God, he gives me something better than happiness. He gives me joy. And part of the problem in this world is everybody is pursuing simply happiness. And the bad thing is what makes some people really happy in life is not in line with what the Bible teaches. I mean, some people, it makes them really happy to be addicted to things and, uh, and you know, to abuse substances. Well, that's not good. You shouldn't be pursuing happiness in that avenue. For some people, that makes them really happy to have improper relationships with people of maybe this sex, that sex, or one of the 27 genders that New York recognizes. But at the same time, we looked up that list I was on an airplane the other day, and, and I knew that the state of New York recognizes 27 different genders, and I don't know why I was thinking about this. I'm like, how could they, what could these possibly be? So I just start looking this up, and I'm like, words I've never heard of. But anyway, there's 20, so many, some people, and you know, for them, they pursue those things, and they think that's going to make them happy. Listen to me. Pursuing simply happiness is not what God intended for you. God intended for you to pursue him. And in exchange, he could give you something a lot better than happiness. He could give you the joy of the Lord. Amen. 
And so tonight, I'm going to look at three very simple, basic differences between joy and happiness. So you can see, and you'll, you'll believe me by the end, I think it will, will paint a very clear picture here as to why joy is better than simply happiness. Amen? And so let's get into this right here. The first thing is this. Difference number one is that happiness is conditional. Joy is unconditional. Amen? Happiness is conditional, but joy from the Lord is unconditional. And so, think about it. Happiness, it it is very, very conditional. When life is going how you want it to, you're happy. And that's fine. That's good. Of course, we all want to be happy. But the minute that life isn't going how you want it to, happiness is gone and his evil twin brother depression moves in and he takes over the scene this isn't good this isn't a good place to be in and so my life as a christian is not dependent upon me being happy because happiness is conditional think about it i mean you could be having the best day of your life you wake up and things i mean the coffee turned out good you know you, you had a good time with the lord and, and just everything's going how you want it to you're really happy but somebody can come across your path within the first five minutes of getting to work and completely steal happiness away from you am i right it's, it's conditional. Happiness totally depends upon your circumstances and what is going on in the world around you. If things are going your way, sure, you'll be happy all the time. Your team's winning, your food's good, your, you know, everyone's treating you just exactly how you want them to. But I have found out that the odds of that happening every day of your life Everybody being totally nice to you, the food turning out exactly how you wanted it to, you getting a raise every day on the job. I found out that the odds of that happening are zero. We're surrounded by a world of mean and bad people, right? I mean, listen, that's not a negative confession, but if my, my, my joy, if my happiness is totally dependent upon how people treat me, That is not going to last very long because you don't have to drive very far for somebody to treat you bad. Go into the store, they'll cut you off. You know, someone cut me off in traffic today. My happiness was gone. (laughs) Until I got to El Pollo Loco. They have great taco salads, by the way. (laughs) Happiness came back. The happiness came back when I got that taco salad. But it was gone when he cut me off over there in Linwood. Listen, you got to understand that happiness depends on a whole lot of circumstances that I'm not willing to gamble on. My life is not dependent upon me being happy because if that's what it's about, people I don't even know can steal it. People I don't even like can come and take that away from me in a matter of seconds. But even more so than that, people I really love can take my happiness away because I really care about them. And you got to know that, listen, we, we're surrounded. You know, you're at home with your family. They're the best. You love them. But your family, if you're totally dependent upon how people treat you, not everybody treats you perfect every day of the week, do they? And so my life, my satisfaction, my being complete in life is not dependent upon if I feel happy that day. And that's a problem with a lot of you. Let me just get real for a minute. A lot of you come to me a lot of the times and you're not feeling happy today. 
Listen, you got to get over that. I don't feel happy. Well, I do in the mornings, but I don't always feel happy. I feel happy every morning. I'm going to be honest about that. But I don't, I mean, if you're, if you're totally dependent upon how you feel today on whether you're going to serve God or whether you're going to give it your all, give it 100%, whether you're going to live life today, you have got to get over your feelings. But I think I'm getting ahead of myself, so I'm going to stop there. John 16, 22. John 16, 22. The pursuit of happiness does not control the life of David J. Samples. The joy of the Lord does. John chapter 16, verse 22. And we're going to look at this here in the New Living. This is something that Jesus said. Because you've got to realize happiness can be taken away from you, but the joy of the Lord cannot be snatched away from you. Now, I know a lot of people that forfeit it and give it away. A lot of people I know, they'll, they'll give it away, but the joy of the Lord cannot be taken away from you if it's taken away then it wasn't joy that you had it was an emotion it was happiness you felt good for a few minutes because something good happened to you but i'm talking about the joy of the lord that won't be taken away you can forfeit it and decide to give it up but it cannot be taken away john 16 22 jesus said so you have sorrow now but i will see you again then you will rejoice and no one can rob you of that joy so who is allowed to come and rob you of joy? Nobody. And isn't that incredible that, that so many people are going around without joy and I was having a good day that he came and stole my joy. No, he didn't. You gave it away. You decided that you were going to let your joy be robbed. But, but no, you, that person did not rob your joy because joy from the Lord is not dependent upon how people treat you. And we, again, we live in a very sensitive society these days. Am I right about that? People are stinking sensitive. And it's just, it's sad. It is, it's very sad how sensitive people are. And, you know, we're compassionate and try, you know, try our best to not hurt people's feelings and whatnot. But if you are one of those sensitive people, you're going to struggle in this area with your emotions because you really care about how people treat you. And that determines how you're going to behave that day. Well, if you can get over that and, and if someone treats you bad, that's not going to change my day. Uh, uh-uh, uh, nope. Not today. That's not going to treat uh, that, my day is going to keep being good because it doesn't matter how people treat me. I have the joy of the Lord. So happiness can be taken away from you. Joy cannot be taken away from you. Have you ever known someone that's just gone through an absolute terrible circumstance? Yet they have a smile on their face through it all. And I mean, it amazes me sometimes the things that the church family goes through and, and, and the different just storms that come to different people's lives, I know. But through it all, they've got a smile on their face. Why is that? Is it because they're a really happy person? No, it's because they're a really joyful person. If they were just a happy person, then it's pretty easy to make that smile go away when you get a bad report or somebody's mean to you or you go in and, you know, you got demoted or they took your job or somebody didn't do what you wanted. Happiness leaves during those moments, but the joy of the Lord does not. And so I'm telling you, what's better than happiness? Joy. I want to be happy, but I a whole lot more want to have the joy of the Lord because somebody that's joyful, they're a stable Christian. And if there's one thing we badly need, it's stable Christians. 
We don't need people that are up one day and down the next. James talked about this in his book. He said, if somebody that, that asks from God, you better really believe that you're going to receive it. Because somebody that asks but doesn't really expect an answer says you're a double-minded person. Just like a wave of the sea. You're up and down, in and out. We never know where you are because you're an emotional mess. You're everywhere and you're all over the place. And it says somebody like that. They shouldn't expect to receive anything from the Lord, for he's a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. People that are anchored in the joy of the Lord, people that are anchored in this, listen to me. You become a stable Christian. And I like to be around stable people. I don't, I don't personally enjoy being around unstable individuals. Anyone else like that? I mean, I'm, you know, I, I love everybody and want to help everyone, but I don't want to spend the majority of my time with unstable people because they'll bring you down. They'll start to get to you. They'll start to wear on you. I like to be around stable people that even if they got, you know, a, a, the not best report in the world, they're still like, yeah, praise God, you know, the, it's in the Lord's hands. I got the joy of the Lord. Listen, those are the type of people that you need to surround yourself with. You need to surround yourself with joyful people. Do you know how great it is to live a life of joy and to be surrounded by joyful people? Dude, that's who you need to be rolling with in your life because that is a safeguard around you. And and so I'm thinking about the many people I know that have faced hard times, but they've just kept the joy of the Lord and made it through their situation. Well, one I think about is the Apostle Paul right here. And uh, and he went through a lot. You can read his whole uh, glorious biography in 2 Corinthians where he lists all of the things that he went through. And I read that chapter and I'm like, oh my gosh, just quit already. Good Lord, man. Give it up. This isn't for you. It's just not your thing. But thank God he didn't. Thank God he didn't have my attitude. But he talks about, I was beaten. I was stoned. I was shipwrecked. I was beaten with rods. I was left for dead. I, I One time I spent a whole night and day adrift at sea. Can you imagine floating through the ocean for a whole day and night just holding on to a board from the shipwreck? He did this and he didn't quit. He still preached. I mean, and then and then I see people that somebody in church says something they didn't like, they quit and just leave. I'm like, what? Thank God that you didn't have the you know the apostle call you know call on your life. You would have quit long before you get to write any books of the Bible. We wouldn't have all these books in the Bible because you would have quit a long time ago. But Paul was so stable because he had the joy of the Lord. I want you to turn to Philippians chapter one. Philippians chapter one. Let's just look at a few things here. From a very joyful person. Who wants to have the joy of the Lord? Well, you have complete access to it if you're born again because it's the fruit of the Spirit. But Philippians chapter 1, and we're going to look here at verse 4. Philippians chapter 1, verse 4. And the interesting thing about the book of Philippians that it is referred to as the joy epistle because he uses the word joy Rejoice, rejoicing so many times in this short book, four chapters, but he uses the, the phrase rejoice and joy over and over and over again. And the crazy thing is that he was under arrest. He was incarcerated during this time frame. And all he talks about is the joy of the Lord. Philippians chapter one, verse four, he says, whenever I pray, I make my request for all of you with joy. So he starts off this letter. He's like, man, I pray for you guys and I make it with 
full of joy. Oh, it's good. And, and it starts off the book this way. Look at uh, verses 23 and 24. So you got to realize that his life, his surroundings at the time of this writing were not pleasant. But here he is. He's like, he's preaching to these people he's writing the letter to, talking about, man, I just want to build you guys up, want to pump you up, be full of joy in the Lord. I want you guys to get this. And he's talking about it. But he does give us a little glimpse into his life. Verse 23 says, I'm torn between two desires. I long to go and be with Christ, which would be far better for me. What does that mean? He's saying, compared to how I'm living right now, it would be better for me to die and go to heaven. Uh, that would be far better for me than my current situation, my current setup right now. It would be a lot better to just die and go to heaven and be with Jesus. But for your sakes, verse 24, it is better that I continue to live. And so he's not saying any of this out of defeat, out of sorrow. out of I mean, can you imagine the stuff that he went through? All the beatings and, 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 and the shipwrecks and the imprisonment and the mobs and the torture. All the things he went through. He's like... It'd be a lot better for me to die right now. I'd rather, I'd rather be in heaven with Jesus. Are you kidding me? That'd be a lot better. But for your sake, for you, it's better that I continue to live. So I'm going to go ahead and stay here right now. But, but it'd be a lot better for me to go ahead and go to heaven. Look at chapter 2. We're just we're taking a few looks here at, at what Paul had to say. Chapter 2, verses 17 and 18. This is interesting. He's giving us a glimpse into his situation. He said... But I will rejoice even if I lose my life. It's like even if I, even if this kills me, even if I don't make it out of this one, I rejoice. There's that word again. Rejoice. He's talking about rejoicing. He says, if I lose my life, pouring it out like a liquid offering to God, just like your faithful service is an offering to God. And I want all of you to share that joy. Are you crazy, man? Talking about dying, talking about, talking about what joy it would be for you to die. I want you to share this joy. I'm very, very joyful right now. And I'd be willing to pour out my life as a drink offering to God. And Paul ultimately did. But he said, I want you to share that joy. Yes, you should rejoice and I will share your joy. Joy, 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 rejoice, 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 joy, joy, joy. That's all he talks about in this book is rejoicing and having the peace of God and the love of God and all this stuff. And he's in a bad situation. And finally, a very familiar verse, Philippians 4.4. 4. The King James says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And it says it right here in the New Living, always be full of joy in the Lord. I'll say it again. Rejoice. And so, as I study the life of Paul, and I like to study his life a lot, I love Paul, I have come to the determination that Paul was not a happy person. Paul was a joyful person. And that's why he didn't quit. Because if your whole life is dependent upon your sweet, precious happiness, you quit ministry after one beating. You quit after that first shipwreck. You quit the first time they kill you outside of the city with stones. Can you imagine how painful that would be to be stoned to death? Getting hit in the head with large rocks? That's gotta, that's gotta be awful! That's gotta be a terrible thing as cracking your ribs and cracking your bones and your skulls getting cracked in. And that's not enough to make you quit. Why? Because you're not serving God because you just want Him to make you happy and all. You're, you're serving Him with the joy of the Lord. 
people that are dependent upon their happiness, they quit all the time in life. And they don't finish anything. But if you're a joyful person, you're a finisher. You're not a quitter. And you're a stable individual. Difference number two. Happiness is a natural emotion. This is the big, you need to get this. Okay, what are the differences between joy and happiness? Number two, happiness is a natural emotion. Joy is a spiritual condition. Happiness is just a natural emotion. It's, it's, it's fine. It's great. We, you know, God gave us our emotions, but joy is a spiritual condition. And someone that is ruled by their emotions is a dangerous person because their soul dominates them. Okay, you know, a human being is made up of three parts. You are a trinity. You're not the holy trinity, but you're made in the image of God, Genesis 1.26. And so obviously you're going to be a three-part being if God is. He's Son, Holy Spirit, your spirit, soul, and body. Now, your soul, to break that down, most you know, Christians study this out, will tell you that it's your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And God gave that to you. That's a good thing. That's a great thing. You know, that God, that's part of who you are, but the part of you that's supposed to dominate is your spirit. When your body dominates, that's not good because you just do what makes your body feel good. You, you know, you run around and get drunk and have sex with crazy people and stuff because, you know, your body's in control of you. If your soul is in control, you just go by your emotions. If you're angry, you'll let rage take over and rage and anger and emotions will rule your life. If you're, you know, ruled, you know, maybe depression come in if you're ruled by your soul and, and sorrow and sadness. That'll, that'll make, that'll make your decisions for you. But if you are a person that is ruled by your spirit and your spirit dominates, then the joy of the Lord will dominate your life. The joy of the Lord will be in control of you. Do you understand that? So you don't want your soul. God gave it to you. That's a good thing. But you don't want your soul to be the part that's in control of who you are. You want your spirit to be in control. Galatians 5.22. You guys probably know this verse. You can go ahead and toss that up there. You can turn it if you want. But it's the fruit of the Spirit. What is the fruit of the Spirit? But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love. Joy. Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. So joy is the second fruit of the Spirit. And so what is the fruit of the Spirit? To me, it's the proof that the Holy Spirit is inside of you. It's the proof that you are a Christian. Jesus said you can judge a tree by its judge a tree by its fruit. And so if I come up to somebody's life and I'm like, man, this guy is love, joy, peace. This guy's patient. Man, this this guy must be a Christian. But if I go up to somebody else, I'm like, wow, look at his, this rage, jealousy, anger, depression, sorrow, greed, lust. Man, this guy must not be a Christian because the fruit on this tree is not very good. But when people see the joy of the Lord in your life as a fruit of the Spirit, that should automatically be a giveaway. Oh, that guy, he's got to be a Christian. That guy's got to be born again. He's got joy. He's going through a terrible circumstance right now, but it's not it's like it hasn't even phased him. He's still smiling. He's still showing up on time. He's still giving to others. He's still helping others. He's still showing up at church. Wow, that's incredible. This guy's got joy. Well, the joy of the Lord is our strength, and joy is not a natural emotion. Joy is a spiritual condition, and that's why I believe 
that the world around us, the unsaved world, they can't know true joy. They can know happiness, sure, and I see a lot of people that are very happy, but they can't possibly know what true joy is. Because that's a fruit of the Spirit. That's something that God created for Christians, for His children to have in their lives. And so there's a lot of people that it may look like they're real happy right now. It may look like, oh, they've got, look at all the money they've got. Look at all the the fame. Look at all the stuff they've got. Listen to me. Some of the people that are the richest and seem like they've got it the most together are the most miserable, depressed people in this entire world. Why is that? Because God gave you something for free that they're trying to buy with money. You can't buy joy. You kidding me? You can't buy joy. You can buy happiness for a little bit. Sure you can. Absolutely. I believe you could buy happiness for a little bit, but you can't buy joy. And we've got a room full of people right here. You got it for free. God gave you something for free that people in this world would kill for. There's people that would kill for peace, that would kill for joy, would kill to have love. But you got it for free. As part of the package, when Jesus died on the cross and you received him into your life, you have got the joy of the Lord. And that is an incredible thing. And it can't be robbed from you. No one can rob you of that joy. Now, you can give it away like some, some Christians do, but nobody can rob you of that joy. Now, sadly, I've noticed that not all Christians walk in the fullness of joy that God has for them. Have you noticed that? Anyone else? I mean, you know, there's a lot of benefits that are part of being a Christian that we don't walk in, but we have every right to. I mean, have you ever been on a job? I know when I worked at FedEx, I'd learn about new benefits all the time. We're like, oh, really? We get a new pair of gloves every week? I didn't know that. That's cool. New boots? Like, every okay, cool. They have given me all this stuff that, that I made. It was great. But if I didn't know the free stuff that they were trying to give to me all the time, I, I couldn't, you know, and I didn't, I didn't receive it. Listen, it was there the whole time and it belonged to me. I just wasn't receiving it. I just wasn't taking what was mine. And so as Christians, you need to just study your Bible and find out what belongs to you. You need to look at your benefits package. I know some of you get your benefits book from your job and from the union. You study that thing. I want to see everything that belongs to me right here. That's cool. I mean, dental coverage is great. It's awesome. But what's even better than dental is studying the benefits that belong to you out of the word of God. And one of those is joy. If he said that joy belongs to me, I want my joy and I'm going to walk in that. Amen. I want the peace. I want the love. I want the patience. I want the blessing of God. And and if you're not walking in it, it's not my fault. It's not your neighbor's fault. You're the one that's going to take a hold of this stuff. It's not Jesus' fault. He's the one that provided it for you. You have got to walk in the fullness of what belongs to you. Now, I I read this story. Oliver Wendell Holmes, Jr. was a member of the U.S. Supreme Court for 30 years. At one point in his life, he explained that his first career choice was he wanted to be a preacher. Instead, not, not, a, not a, a judge. He said, I would have entered the ministry if most preachers I knew had not looked and acted so much like undertakers. Wow. <laughs> That's pretty bad. No offense, because I know some undertakers are great people. <laughs> 
But at the same time, you know, isn't that sad that he said, I would have been a preacher, but most of the preachers I knew, they looked and acted more like they were undertakers. They looked, they were depressed. They looked awful every day. And so, listen, that's true. I've met a lot of people that, are, I mean, they are, they go to church and, and they've been in church for 50, 60 years. And it looks like with each service, they get worse off. You know, I've been to some churches, guys. I've been to some out there in the sticks of Indiana and stuff. I mean, they've got that old-time religion. Give me that old-time religion. Give me that old... You guys don't know that. But but I'm telling you, I've been to some churches, man, where they there's no joy within 10 miles of that place. And they wonder why. We just don't know why the young people won't come to our church. I don't get it, man. I don't get it. Why, why don't they want to be around us? And, you know, and they've got, I mean, and I feel bad. I was talking to someone else at another church recently, locally, and the great people, but they're like, I, I was telling them about, you know, we need more children's workers, man. We're 20, 30 babies in nursery a week. That's nuts. And she's like, wow, most weeks we don't have any babies because we don't, I mean, every now and then we'll have one, but we don't really have any young people in our church. And, and that's, that makes me sad. That's sad. It shouldn't be that way. And, and, and you know, I give the, the glory to God, but, I mean, you can look around the room right now. We have a very, very young church compared to most churches. Young, we, young people are in here by the hordes, man, tons of them all the time. And why is that? Well, I believe a big reason is we've got the joy of the Lord. I, I, young people don't want to go hang around with a bunch of old prunes. I, I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to. I didn't want to hang out with a bunch of, you know what I mean? You know, they say, well, they don't know what they want in life. I, yeah, most young people don't know what they want. But they do know that they don't want to hang around depressed, angry, bitter, mean people. They know that much. And so, thank God that we got the joy of the Lord in here. And I'm thankful that uh, we've got, you know, I'm great. We want everybody, in, you know, to, at our church. But I'm really thankful that we have such a young church because that's a good sign for the next generation of Barstow when we've got tons of dozens of young families raising their children in a spirit-filled church that's not afraid to talk about God. That's a real good sign for this city. So anyway, but I believe that the joy of the Lord is drawing people uh, to, to High Desert Word Center. And that's why God's one reason why we're so blessed. Amen. So happiness is just a natural emotion. It can be robbed from you. It can come and go. But joy is a spiritual condition. And that's why it makes you stable. Number three, difference number three is this. Joy provides strength. Happiness is I should have put it this way. It's an unstable foundation. Joy provides strength. I'm going to call an audible and an edit here. Happiness is an unstable foundation in your life. Because, again, it can come and go. It's like a wave of the sea, in and out, up and down. It's dependent on so many things. So many things are dependent upon keeping you happy in one day that if that's your source and that's what you're seeking and, and, and chasing after, that's an unstable foundation for your life. And so we're going to flip back uh, to the Old Testament here. Nehemiah 8.10. Most of you probably know this verse. Nehemiah 8.10. If you don't know it, get that highlighter out, boys and girls. You have permission to highlight right now. Nehemiah 8.10. Put a star beside it. Do a little rainbow if you get a color pen, but... Uh, Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10, and this is beautiful, and you really, you've got to get this right here. Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10, and I'm going to snatch the last part of this verse here. It says, well, we all there? 
I realize you don't read Nehemiah every day, but hallelujah, amen. Right. Nehemiah 8.10, it says, this is a sacred day before our Lord. Don't be dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And there's so many people, I just want to come and say, don't be dejected and sad. The joy of the Lord's your strength. Quit being so dejected and sad all the time in life. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The Christians that I know that are the strongest Christians, I've done a personal, this isn't a scientific research, this is a Pastor Dave Barstow research, but, but listen, so I, this isn't official, but out of the Christians I know, and I, I know a fair amount of Christians, the ones that are the strongest Christians are also the most joyful ones I know. For reals. The most joyful Christians I know are the strongest ones I know. And I know a lot of, you know, great people that are good, doing good for the Lord and stuff. But the most stable, consistent, productive, blessed Christians that are strong, instant in season and out of season, just consistent, living their life for the Lord, they're they're the Christians that are the most joyful that I see. Why is that? Well, it's pretty obvious. The joy of the Lord is your strength. If you're going to be a joyful person, you're not going to be weak. I don't know anybody that has true joy and is a weak person. I don't. I don't know anybody that's full of the joy of the Lord and I can say, well, they're joyful, but they are weak. I don't know anybody like that. The most joyful people I know, they are strong Christians. And i got to say, they also seem to be the ones that have the other fruit of the Spirit showing up in their life. They're full of love. And I promise you, if you've got the joy of the Lord, you're full of peace. They're, they're twin brothers. They go together. If you, I mean, if you've got the joy of the Lord, you're definitely going to have peace in your life. And I can tell you this, man. I like peace. I like joy, and I like peace. And I'm telling you, this, this is so, I almost had a rhyme. I was going to spit out there, but I didn't. I, I held back. But I like joy, and I, I love having the peace of God in my life. Because, I mean, it's promised to me, for one, and, and I'm not going to live my life without it. I've got one last verse I want to show you, and that's Proverbs 17, verse 22. So who thinks that they would like to be a stable Christian? Who thinks that they would like to spend the rest of 2018 not depressed, sad, dejected, and worried, and one day we can count on you, the next day we don't even know where you are? You want to be that guy? Proverbs 17, verse 22. We need some stable Christians. Thank God we have a bunch. Proverbs 17, verse 22. says, a cheerful heart, a joyful heart, a merry heart. All these words, seen all three of these words in different translations. Cheerful, joyful, merry. A cheerful, a joyful, merry heart is good medicine. Amen. It's good medicine, but a broken spirit saps a person's strength. Here we go again. The more joy you have, the stronger you are. It's a, it's a good medicine to you. But a broken spirit or sadness and sorrow and depression, the opposite of joy, it literally saps a person's strength. 
it's not incredible that some people, and I've read different things about this, but some people that are prone to health problems and, and different things, I mean, it all traces back a lot of times to they've just, they're, they're sorrow, full of sorrow, full of depression, pessimistic to the extreme. And, and, and they just, their life is a nonstop battle of sickness and a cycle of disease and things going wrong. Why? Because their strength is being sapped out of their life it is being drained man it's like you're you know you pour you know pour into them you you know you share with them you try to build them up and you're pouring into them all the time but it's like there's a hole in the bottom somewhere they've they've got their cup is a funnel it's just pouring right out the bottom and they could be at church you could be building them up you could be you know exhorting them and and then look what i read in the bible today god is good isn't he and yeah i guess so and and it's just as why is it their strength is being sapped away because they just they they will not walk in the joy of the lord and and i feel bad for people like that i, I don't put down on that i i feel bad for people like that and i see them every day of my life and i know that that is not god's best for their life what does god want for us god wants us to be joyful people it says this joyful heart is good medicine and i'm telling you man joyful people listen they're happy they're healthy they're doing good in life they're strong because the joy of the lord is your strength and so i'm saying this tonight whatever your condition is right now why don't you work on your joy levels a little bit i bet a lot of other things in your life would fall into place if you would just walk in the joy of the lord a lot of things that you're staying up at night worrying about, a lot of things that ruin your day and cause you to be moody and, and nasty and all that stuff, I'll bet a lot of that would change if you would just focus on having the joy of the Lord. Now that brings the, you know, the last thing I'm going to close out on is how do we get the joy of the Lord? Well, obviously God's given it to us. That's pretty easy. But let's, let's just break it down. The Word of God. The Word of God will bring you joy. Why is that? Because Jesus is the word. You think Jesus isn't full of joy? You kidding me? Joy is just coming out of him, man. If you're around Jesus, joy. So be in the word. Next thing I'm going to say is be around positive, joyful Christians. You should, yeah. <laughs> you need to be around positive, joyful Christians. And I mean, we, we want to, you know, we love everyone so much, but I don't just hang out with everybody I know. All right. There's some people that I got to keep at arm's length, man. They're going to spew all over me. Like Dr. Barclay said, they're going to puke their stuff on you. And I love them and I'm there for them, man. I will be there for you till the end. But. I'm not going to like spend all my time hanging out with you if you're going to be nasty and mean. I want to be around joyful people. And I have found that when I hang around with joyful Christians, it does nothing but just build up the joy within me. It builds up the joy within me. And, uh, of course, hey, the Holy Spirit. Joy is one of the fruit of the Spirit, right? Amen. So, I, man, well, what's one way you can do this? Pray in tongues. Pray in the Spirit. Jude, 
verse 20 says that praying in tongues builds you up in your most holy faith. I think people that are built up with their most holy faith are joyful people. And so, how, how can I be this joyful person, Pastor Dave? Well, you spend time in the Word. You can hang around positive, joyful Christians. Uh, you could pray in the Spirit. And that's, uh, you know, there's so many things we could go on and on. I'm trying to wind it down here. But that does kind of perfectly line up with our theme verse for the year, Isaiah 56, verse 7. He said, I will make them joyful in my house of prayer. And so that all ties in together with the theme of this entire year. When you spend time in prayer, when I spend time in the word and in prayer, I don't leave sad and angry and depressed. I get really joyful. I get, I mean, I'm, I'm walking on cloud nine by the time I've been with God for a little bit. And I've got the joy. And I've noticed, man, our prayer time on Sunday nights, it's going great. We're loving it, man. And it just last week, Ivana, she, she was just with, praying with Katie, Brady, and I, maybe someone else in our group. And she just starts speaking in tongues out of nowhere. She's never done that before in her life. The Holy Spirit came on her right there. And she just starts speaking in tongues, man. There's great stuff happening. But listen, you need to get involved and you need to realize, man, that this is no joke. 2018's your year if you'll take it. But it's not just going to fall into your lap. you got to do something about it. And I'm telling you, the joy of the Lord is your strength. I like to be happy, but I love to be joyful. And that's what I'm going to walk in every day is the joy of the Lord. Amen? Let's go ahead and stand up together tonight. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.